God is not fair. And even worse news, God does not impose fairness on humanity. If the universe had a, had a fair balance, Hitler would have been laughed off the stage at his first white supremacist rally. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King would be a 90-year-old great-grandpa right now, and mosquitoes wouldn't exist. But God is not fair. The world is not fair. And today we listened to the iconic not fair story of the prodigal son. And I just loved learning this week, I don't know how I've missed it all these years, that the real meaning of prodigal, that it doesn't, it has sort of become meaning, you know, like the, the, the wayward child, but what it really means is extravagant grace. This young man who shows us what extravagant grace looks like, had gotten bored, as young people do, with his life that was so lame, and he decided to ask for his inheritance to see what the world had to offer. He was certain, like so many of us, at different times in our lives, that he knew better than anyone else. So he decided to try the world on his own. And in really an amazing feat of parenting, the father allowed it, cashing his son out and sending him on his way. Not surprisingly, the young man made a lot of mistakes. His inheritance was wasted on fleeting lust and temporary pleasure. He would never have had a prayer for public office after what he did while he was away. He was generally an idiot, and he lost everything. By the end of his little adventure, he was longing for the food that he was feeding the pigs, the only job that he could find. And as he starved, he started thinking about how good he really had it. Those were the days when I wasn't starving to death. He thought about his many mistakes and what he had left behind, and he knew that he knew that his father would treat his servants better than he was living right now. So he decided to go back, hat in hand, apologize to his father, and resume life as a servant in his father's house. But as we all know, when his father caught sight of him, he ran to greet him. He didn't just say, oh boy, I wonder what he's going to have to say for himself now. Or this is going to be good. He dropped everything and ran. One of my favorite renditions of, of that in, in picture is a painting where the father actually like lost his sandal along the way because he was so excited that he just took off to greet his son. It is so unfair how he welcomed him back. This scripture, this story that Jesus told in response to the haters who were saying, look at Jesus hanging out with all these sinners all the time. Look at him. He's eating with tax collectors. He's hanging out with prostitutes. He's not even trying to hide it. This story that Jesus tells, it reminds us of the extravagant grace of God that is not contingent on our behavior or on our deserving. 
It shows us what it looks like to welcome those who have wandered from their path back home again. And it reminds us to not judge the mercy and grace that God hands out to us and to others. Normally, I love to take this scripture and ask people where they find themselves in this, because it can be very telling. And it's such a powerful story that often people can identify with one of the players. They can see themselves as a delinquent son, perhaps. Maybe they've messed up in their life, and they've really, they've really hurt people. And um, they've had to, to try to return home head down, or they still haven't even tried to come back yet. Others see themselves as the father who has someone that they love wandering far from home and would love to be given the opportunity to forgive with that kind of extravagance and welcome. Still others, and I would say probably the lion's share of us at, at some point in time or another, resonate with the older brother. We've done it all right. We've done all that we were supposed to. We played by the rules. And still, look, all this extravagant grace is being poured out on those who messed up. But I wonder if this morning we could see this from more than one side at once. Could we resist the either-or way that we tend to look at life and embrace the both-and? Could we recognize ways that we can be more than one of these players simultaneously? We've all made mistakes and squandered our gifts, all of us. And we've all experienced undeserved forgiveness from God and those who love us. But even with that forgiveness that we have received, do we forgive our own wandering hearts? Or do we stand in judgment? We've been talking at the midweek Lenten service about reorienting our hearts during Lent and addressing things that distract from that. And I wonder how we are both sons at once. How we are both the one who has wandered far off and received extravagant grace and mercy, and the one in our own hearts that can't believe that we would be forgiven so much. Father Richard Rohr puts it like this. If you have forgiven yourself for being imperfect, you can now do it for everybody else too. If you have not forgiven yourself, I am afraid you will likely pass on your sadness, absurdity, judgment, and futility to others. What comes around, goes around. I think it would be really nice if in life we just had one giant mess up and we learned from it, right? Just one enormous mistake. Like we see in this cute little, this just one, one glimpse of, of this young man's life, the prodigal son. One mess up, come back, be received with grace, have a new chance to start forward. But that's not how it works. We make mistakes and then we keep making them. Sometimes the same mistake and sometimes different ones. We can grow, and there is healing in God's love and grace. There really is. I have seen people healed from incredible things, just making a total turnaround in their lives. But that does not mean they're perfect. I have seen people who lived on the streets because of addiction, 
be healed and become sober, but they're still not perfect. There's so much we can learn from and grow from, but the sight of heaven will never be perfect. We'll always hurt people. We'll always make mistakes. If we can get into the habit of believing God's extravagant grace for us, always and all the time, we can move forward in incredible love. If we cannot, if we cannot believe that grace for us, we will become embittered, suspicious, judgmental, and the world is dying for our love, y'all, because it's so, so unfair. If we can get our minds around the economy of the kingdom, we would be floored. If anyone ever did an audit on the economy of the kingdom, I think they would find something um, akin to the suitcase in Dumb and Dumber. Remember that movie? Some of you have. Oh, yes. Best. So in this movie, if you haven't seen it, you probably should. It's ridiculous. Best friends Lloyd and Harry find a suitcase full of money that they believe to belong to a striking young woman. So the movie follows their dumb and dumber attempts to return the suitcase while being chased by the bad guys who want the money back and the authorities who want to resolve the situation. And near the end, when the money is to be returned, the suitcase is opened to reveal no money but a lot of paper with writing on it. Lloyd and Harry had been using the cash and replacing it with IOUs for everything from cowboy hats to a Lamborghini. And uh, as Lloyd says, you might want to hang on to that one. That's for a Lamborghini. But God keeps lavishing grace out over us and covering us with forgiveness and newness and hope and joy and love. And we frivolously spend our inheritance, and yet we continuously get welcomed into God's embrace. And when we open up our suitcases filled with disappointment, with regrets, with empty promises, with judgment, we find that they have been transformed into the bounty of the kingdom of God, unearned, undeserved, free, prodigal. The hardest task in this is forgiving ourselves and moving into it. It's the biggest hurdle of our lives, y'all. Being able to accept that we are broken and imperfect and vulnerable and show up anyway because God's grace has us covered. Lent is for telling the truth and for facing the worst and having hope anyway. It's for knowing that the end of our journey is the cross. And it's so incredibly unfair. But it also shows us the true balance of the universe. Love and life, undeserved love, inexplicable life. Even when we are in the midst of what seems so unfair for ourselves and for others, may we live and move and have our being in the extravagant, unfair, unearned grace of the Most High God.
Amen. Let's stand together and sing Amazing Grace. It's